chapter 22, verse 3. It says, let's begin in verse 1. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us, and yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? Hallelujah. Father, I pray that we would be able to see, open our eyes of understanding the blessings that lay before your people. Lord, I've taught and I live it and I understand it that you're not into luxury, but you're into prosperity. I thank you, Lord, for bringing Ed Bullock here to our church and being able to go before and, and, and let us see things that we didn't see before. He's not a prophet, not a son of a prophet, but he's a born-again Christian. He's saved now, and he's doing things for you. Even now, Lord God, he's, he's moving as hard as he can. And after his heart attacks, Lord Jesus, and his heart failures, Lord God, and the operations that he's had for your honor and glory, and we bless you for that. But Lord, let us take the lead. Let us go on and be able to do the things you've called us to do, personally, locally, and globally. I ask this in your name, Jesus. And everybody together said, and greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Shake a few hands prior to your being seated. Ray Charles. Good to see that. You know, I debated because usually I, I tell people, I say that Ray Charles could see that. Uh, but I like to turn it into Christianity, but I stuck with this title. And, you know, uh, I, like to see, I like to say Barnabas could see that because we know who Barnabas was, blind Barnabas. So I like to convert the, because that was a secular saying in the world. Ray Charles could see that. We used to say that, I'm going to say where? You know, in the streets and other places. Uh, real famous saying. Hopefully you never heard it. Hallelujah. Which means you were never in prison. Thank God. Uh, but some of us that have been there, we know. But since I got, when I got saved, I said, Barnabas could see that. You've heard me say that sometimes. You know, Ray Charles, God save him. Uh, Stevie Wonder saved, hallelujah. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, but Bartimaeus was a Christian, but he was blind. Now, the king of Israel that we covered here in verses 1, 2, and 3 was none other than Ahab. Not Ahab the Arab. Okay? Ahab was the king at that time. All right? And he was the husband of the infamous Jezebel. All right? That, 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 that's who was the king there. Now, as we study God's word, we know that Ahab was not a mighty man of valor. He was no great observer. Are you with me? Aniba, hallelujah. Uh, are you with me? He was not a big, big observer. Not a great man of God. But even Ahab, Jezebel's husband, he was able to see the obvious, and the obvious here was that Ramoth and Gilead was theirs for the taking. It's mine. Uh, it was theirs to God's people. Yet God's people were not taking what was rightfully theirs and could be theirs. Uh, remember, Ahab was a man of flabby fiber. That's what he was. He was no great giant of a man of God. He was a man of flabby. He was a terrible guy when you read his account in his life. But even he could see uh, the blessings of God for God's people. Still, this inability to claim and to take and possess what is righteously, righteously theirs or ours has been, my friend, the failure of a number of men, even good men, let alone Ahab, uh, throughout Christianity, throughout their lives. Not just Ahab. We've had a lot of good men that, that God had things for them, like God has things for you. But can't you, Ramoth Gilead, be, remaineth there, and it's not yours, and it could be yours. Men, you have the opportunity to graduate from the home. Women, the same thing. Uh, I mean, look at Daniel over here crying. Look at what God was able to do in his life with his family. It's yours. We need to understand that. Uh, now, I told you once before one of my sermons years ago, every now and then I use it again about Esteban. When he went, you know, to, to his first day of school, when he went to play 
or try to play tetherball. Uh, he was taller than, yeah, right. Uh, and in kindergarten, how he just, if you've never seen it, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I like this. How many have never seen me display Stefan's first day of school at, at, at tetherball? You've never seen it. Okay, good, 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 good. Young, young man, I see that hand. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for you. Because it is a, it's a trip. Because I remember getting there, and I'm always in a hurry. I'm always in a hurry. They know that. But when I pick them up, I'm in the car. Let's go, come on. Uh, but, you know, it was the first day of school, and I'm all, you know, like, wow, my kid, he's going to school. Uh, my only begotten. And I go back to them. They say, oh, he's over there at the tetherball, at the tetherball court. Uh, so I get over there. But I wait a little bit, you know. And he's in line with a bunch of first, second, and third graders. He's in kindergarten. Oh, hallelujah. Hi, how you doing? I didn't see you. Uh, you're in line. You get behind me. Uh, and this is the time of his first day of school playing tetherball. He's in line. Shortest guy. Kindergarten. Shorter than a lot of guys. You can sing, bro. I'm sorry, you know. Uh, he's like this. Then I was tripping on him. I'm like, really, he was like, you know, even his face. I was looking at him. He was like, hmm. I mean, what, what, is, what does a five-year-old think? He's, you know, his mind's going. Boom, boom, boom. You know. He always lost jackets. <laughs> you know. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. And I've told you before, you know, my, my pride crept up on me because, you know, his uh, uh, uncle was all CIF football player and I tried to be somebody and, you know, we were all athletic. And there he is. <laughs> my son. <laughs> he was trying to play tetherball. Uh, see, try as he may, he was not going to win, not one game. Matter of fact, not even one twist. Not even one. Uh, but at least he tried. And really, my friend, that is a sad thing uh, when people don't do that. But that carried over onto his character. What do you think is the person that he is today? It starts when you're small with your kids. It starts when they're small. Man, I mean, look at the guys who are saying he's growing up to be, but it started when he was small. He still had that in him. I, even when I took him home, I, I told him, Stephen, why don't you kick the guy or something, you know? It's a Christian school. Uh, they're not going to fight back. I was like, Steph, you know, and I remember, I'll never forget, I can still, like, if I heard it, if it was yesterday. He said, no, Dad, that's the way it's done. I just wanted to play there. I don't care, Dad. No, no. I wanted to play. That's not playing. But he said, no, Dad, I don't care. No, no, no. You know, you know I have to go according to the rules. Uh, <laughs> but it carried on into his later years. Now, while losing can be a little bit torturous and belittling, uh, and even, you know, to bigger and stronger guys, what can and could be even more torturous is to not even have the guts to at least try. That can be worse than losing. To not even try at all. Uh, at least to get in the game. There's a worse hell than failure. That's failing to even try at all. Uh, because you still have to live with yourself. After a sermon like this today, hey, listen, uh, this is a, a sermon for achievement. To go for the gold. Go for the best. I told the guys today, hey, don't go just to graduate. Get, go for heaven. The whole cha-cha, hallelujah. Why not? Devil had you. 
But I like that word had. He ain't got you no more. Uh, he tried. Uh, but he didn't get you. He didn't get us. That's the perspective I've had. I'm only giving you right now from my heart the kind of life that I've led. Devil, you had me. I OD'd nine times, but I'm still standing. I'm still kicking. I'll go get in line again. I don't care. Uh, that's it. Uh, I'll kick the devil. Oh, he's not a Christian. That's right. He'll fight back. Hallelujah. But it's all right. You got to live with yourself. Let's get back to the story here. So Ahab, he points out to God's people. God's people, he tells them. Uh, hey, Rameth at Gilead is ours. And we're not even trying to obtain it. We're making no effort. A fate worse than failure. Not even wanting to try to go out and get it. Now, what are some of the things that you and I have the opportunity to obtain? There's a number of things we have the opportunity to obtain. How about health? How about education? We have those opportunities at hand, ever before us. By living in the good old USA, by and large, all of us have the opportunity to get a very more than decent education, all of us. I mean, I, I travel the world, and I, I see foreign people trying to become foreign students that come to America to study. We live here. Everybody wants to come here. We, we, we can get our education here. Uh, we can obtain it. It's ours. Yet, my friend, health and education dim in comparison to the spiritual matters that are ours for the taking. Education is great. Uh, health is, is great. Uh, but even bigger than that is is spiritual matters, the things of God, like going up to the retreat, things like that, you know, getting your spiritual life even stronger, sediment in our lives. See, there are spiritual matters that we have the opportunity to obtain that far outweigh the physical and the secular opportunities. We have the opportunity to obtain a Christ-like character to be like Jesus. What? What a great opportunity. And I'm talking about, I, right now we're saying Stanford, it gets everybody's attention. Cal Berkeley gets everybody's attention. But now I'm saying, Jesus, you can be like Jesus. Wow, me, yeah. You and I, even me and you, so what? I didn't go to Stanford. Uh, we can be like Jesus. What a wonderful opportunity. What does it mean? What would it mean to be like Jesus? Well, for one, see, Jesus had a tremendous faith in God, in his Father. That's Christ-like character. He had a great faith in his father, his pastor. Jesus trusted and he believed in God. Someone has truthfully said that a man is known by two things, by who his friends are and also by who his enemies are. I know what I'm telling you right now. Uh, sometimes your, your, your enemies will, will tell what kind of person you are. By that I mean if you have enemies that are this, then everybody's going to know that. I've had people say, man, I don't like the church. I don't like the church. Check the source. Uh, if you're going to believe them, a bunch of dumb people. Ah, all they want is your money. Ah, you know, they're sour pusses. So you're known by who they are. If you have some dumb friend, uh, enemies, then you're pretty smart. That's really what it means. Um, people are known by two different people. Your friends and by your enemies. See, and with Christ, with Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, the worst thing that his enemies, that his enemies could say about him was in Matthew 27, 43, it says there, he trusted God. That was the worst thing his enemies could say about him. He trusted God. Wow. I'd love for my enemies to be able to say that about me. Uh, he trusted God. Uh, that was the worst thing they could say. And this, my friend, Jesus truly did. He trusted his father. Irregardless, to the bitter end, literally, he always trusted God. What else does it mean to be Christ-like? First, to trust God. Secondly, not only did Jesus believe in God fiercely, he also believed in humanity. Son of man. He believed in, 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 in man. Mankind. You and I. Mud balls. As we mentioned this morning. Uh, he believed in, in us. 
Thank God, because a, a group of people like us, not too many people believe on us. Uh, oh, you know, let me hold your money and meet me around the corner. Uh, not too many people are going to believe in some of you. Uh, you know, I, I can imagine sometimes people coming to the church for the first time and they see you as an usher. I ain't going to put no money in that. I knew the dude, hey. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. See, Jesus believed in God, but he also believed in man. He identified with man. See, he, re he suffered at the hands of man. Yes, he did. Um, more than a few times he suffered at the hands of men. He suffered by, by human humanity was mean to him. Peter, of his inner circle of the three, denied him. How many times? Three times. Uh, Judas, of his 12 disciples, outrightly betrayed him. And at the crucifixion, all deserted him. Yet he believed in man. Peter burned him. Judas burned him. We've burned him. Yes, we have. Uh, if you weren't here at the 11 o'clock service, wow. I mean, God showed up here this morning. And those of you who were here at 11, I mean, I'm still buzzing. <laughs> it was heavy. I mean, I was sitting here, and, you know, 90% made the altar call. But I, it was like nobody wanted to leave. They were like looking at me like, uh, I mean, it was, God was so powerful. Uh, and it was all about, you know, sin. Uh, but God still believes in us. Filthy mud balls, sinners like us. Worms, hallelujah, the Bible even calls us. See, Jesus never lost faith in, in humanity. At his ascension, when he was going up to be with the Lord, Jesus flatly rolls the entire hope of the church, the future of the church, on the shoulders of 12 blundering disciples. Uh, and I've told you before, when... when it must have been when he got to heaven, Gabriel and the archangel Michael must have come up to him and told him, you know, what happened down there? He gave him the whole story, you know, 33 and a half years being here. And then he says, and uh, then he ascended to heaven and he gets there. And, and then he says, yeah, and then upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, you know. And, and I can imagine Gabriel and, and, you know, Michael say, well, why don't you go back? No, 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 I've did everything I had to do. But you're trusting 12 guys? You got another plan? No. No, no plan B. You ain't got no plan B. Plan B is me. And I'm plan A. Uh, it's us, guys. That's God's plan. He believes in us. <laughs> See, to the point in the place where he says in faith and in confidence, the gates of hell shall not prevail against that church that he's building. That's a lot of confidence. That's a lot of faith. See, Christ believed that every Simon, which means reed, could be turned into a Peter, which means rock. And a reed is a little thing that's like a flask. It's just a, it's, you can break it real easy. That was Simon's name. He was very fragile, very breakable. But God changes his name. Jesus changes his name. He says, upon this rock. Peter, you're going to be a rock. I'm going to build my church on that premise right there. On a frail reed. A frail human being. You know, the... the the wisdom of God. This is not on my nose, but this has got to be heavy. Because the devil is so proud. How many know that? And when he comes against a frail little reed and he can't knock you down, oh, he gets mad. Uh, and I like making the devil mad. Because you, like I said, I OD'd on heroin nine times. So I like to make him mad. Uh, trying to mess with God's people. But the devil can't do even a little reed. What did Benny Hinn say at the conference? You got more power in this little pinky than all the devil and all the devils in hell. Uh, a little reed. The devil doesn't like that. He hates that. Uh, see, Jesus believed in man so much that he, he even said, greater works than these that he did shall you do. Wow. But we talked to the men at the retreat saying, listen, don't hold us up. Hold us up. Be a pillar. 
This is, this is the last sermon of the retreat. And we ended the, the retreat by saying, listen, be, be a pillar in God's house. And Revelation chapter 3 talks about being a pillar, a beautiful pillar. Where people are going to go come and, and bow down to the pillars, the Bible says. Which means when you hold God's house up, you get people's respect. You want respect? Be a pillar. Be a pillar. I guarantee you you got respect. Uh, when we first started this ministry, it was not easy. It was difficult for the newer ones. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> me. <laughs> That's another life. Uh, I mean, it was hard. It's been hard. But some of the new people in the beginning, it's not that hard anymore because, hey, you, you get respect over here. But in the beginning, they had to take all kinds of, you know, uh, line conniving things. You know, you go to that church, wow, man, how, how could you do that? But really, you're getting respect. When you're a pillar in, in any church, not just ours, you gain people's respect. That's biblical. Uh, see, God also knew uh, that there would be pillars that would be able to hold up his church because Jesus believed in God and he also believed in you and I. He believed in people. Let's go on. Thus, my friend, every one of us has the opportunity to obtain Christ-like character. That's where we're at right now. Christ-like character. Good education, good health, but also to be like Jesus if we want it. Ramath Gilead is ours and we still may not be able to take it. Uh, then, just as we have possibilities as individuals, we also have possibilities as a corporate group, as a church, as an organization. What about the group possibilities that we have within your marriage, within your family? What a great opportunity, man, that, you know, seeing, uh, 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 you, know, uh, 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 you know, Daniel and Jose and, and Raul, his brother, all of the family getting back together. The devil hates that. Uh, then adding a Dion to that family. Then the Belmonts. Hallelujah. Uh, maybe you should name it Victor. You can say, I got the Victor living in me. I'm just kidding. I got the Victor living in me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. Let's go on. Uh, see, when over half the marriages in, in the America today are ending up in divorce, it's easy, my friend, to see that there are people who could claim and obtain and possess a good marriage, but they're not taking the rightful inheritance. Remember David? David could play, you know, the flute. He could play, you know, every instrument there was. He could play uh, handball with both hands. Uh, he could do all kinds of stuff, but he played the fool because he couldn't play daddy. He played the fool. He couldn't play the, the most important position. He couldn't play husband. Uh, so he played the fool. Because David was a great man. He could, have, he could have been anything he wanted to in his life, like many of you. Uh, listen, guys, we, we should want to be great husbands, first and foremost. First, great Christians, but right after that, great husbands. Great wives. Uh, for husbands, learn to say, I'm sorry. Uh, say it like, 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 like a, a Mexican mariachi singer, you know, from here. I'm sorry, honey. It was my fault. Uh, that's why mariachi singers, you know, oh, no. say like you mean it, mean it. It was my fault, and I'm, I'm going to correct that. I'll, I'm going to work on that. I'll change in a few years. Tell her the truth. Because <laughs> it's not easy to change. How many know that? Hey, golly, come on, ladies. If you want us to be instant husband, wow. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, a lot of people are letting the enemy steal them blind. And by blind, I literally mean blind. And Ray Charles could see that. Uh, so many husbands and so many wives and even so many children make some dumb, ignorant, very selfish decisions in life. Decisions, my friend, that one would have to say, man, these people got to be blind. Can't they see what they're doing to their families, to their husbands, to their spouses, to their wives, to their parents, to their children. Can't they see that? No. Because we make some ignorant decisions sometimes. Selfish decisions. Uh, come, let us reason together, the Bible says. Uh, I'm the dad. Why? Because I'm the dad. Uh, now, I don't want to knock that, but I'm knocking it. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't ever say that too many times. But I know I did say it. 
but not that often. He knows. Uh, I, I said that when I was real mad. Only four times a day. <laughs> uh, but that's bad, you know. But come let us reason. They know that when I'd whip them, I'd go afterwards, I'd always, always, almost, always, always, I'd go into the room and I'd say, I'd talk to them. You want to hit me back? No, no. <laughs> uh, but we would talk. We would talk and sit there and, listen, son, you, you had to come and me. I'm sorry, man. I, you know? But that's the way it is. Because we would reason together. Uh, but some of the decisions that we make, wow. Uh, we, we make some decisions that, that, that clearly show that we're not putting the family before ourselves. We're being selfish. Man, we're Christians. We shouldn't be like that, like, like the world. Whenever either the husband or the wife or the children make blind, irrational, selfish decisions, then it, my friend, it turns out to be, as Jesus said, the blind leading the blind. Uh, even, even today I was talking to an individual who says, I got to come to you more often, Pastor, because uh, I, I need to ask you for, for advice sometimes on the decisions that I make. And I said, brother, that's good, because if not, that would be like the blind leading the blind. And he said, yeah, how? You'd be leading you. Read between the blinds. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, in other words, you don't have no advocate. You know, that's what ministers are for. Our job is to put our neck on the line for you. And sometimes we're going to make decisions that are not as, as like they should be. But by and large, we, we, we do pretty good. We've been around a while. Uh, but it, come and ask us. And even at, at, the conference, uh, at the retreat, a lot of people were saying that. Come on, put your pastors. Call them out. Let them know what's happening. And I'm your pastor. I'm saying that. I usually don't. I let other people say it. But involve us. That's what we're here for. Uh, to try and help you out. Thus, my friend, whenever you have failure in a marriage or in a family, it was not for lack of opportunity. Not at all. It was there. It was and is the parties that are involved. They've shrunk back on their commitment, on their opportunities, on their responsibilities, and on their vows. Those of you that are single, you have a great opportunity to live a good, good, hearty Christian life. The opportunity is there. You can be like me as far as before you get married. Going down Albertsons with a shopping cart. Picking out cream corn with white bread. Oh. Oh. Ah. You too, George. Don't just look at him. Someday you have that opportunity too. You know. You know that Christian sign? It's a fish sign. What kinds of fish in the sea, George? Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ray Charles could see that. Now, I'm saying this rather somewhat facetiously, but it's the truth, people. Uh, it's the truth. God wants to bless our lives. He wants the good stuff for us. It's ours for the taking, obtaining it. Uh, we can live a good, healthy, wholesome Christian life. Then also, we have possibilities not only as a family or as a marriage, but it's a church, you and I. Uh, and who, what opportunities we have. I already talked about next door. Pray, pray, people. We really cover your prayers. This isn't a game. This is, tr this is a reality. I mean, coming from that, God did something here this morning, but it was God. I know. I preach. I was the one preaching. I was just like a vessel being like taken, you know. <laughs> Some, something's happening here. People are praying. Take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, I mean, who knows that the meeting on Tuesday, the lady could say, you know, just take the thing. Could happen. But reality is, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. We talked about adversity and prosperity this morning. Uh, but hey, if we pray, Ramoth Gilead could be next door. And you know, when I prayed right now, I, I, I prayed and I mentioned the name at Bullock. And I usually don't mention a lot of names, but, you know, and, and it's a humble guy. But he mean Rotary Club president and you know, had been wealthy at one time. I'm not saying that he's not now, but at one time he was, he was doing it up. Casa Sandoval, he built it. Uh, all these different things that he'd done. And he was says, well, God did it. And he's right, he, God did it. But I tell Ed, 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 if it wouldn't have been for you, oh, God did it. Ed, if you wouldn't have come in here and got us through those doors, we wouldn't be doing a lot of stuff that we're doing now. Because he had, he had a knowledge of, of dealing, God brought him our way. Uh, and thank God you guys were able to win him to the Lord. It was you guys, not just me. He saw you, what you had here. And man, this is gold. You're a gold mine. And he knows that. Now he's helping all kinds of churches. Uh, 
to acquire the Ramath Gilead. But man, he, if he wouldn't have gone in there, we, 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 who knows? We might still be wandering. We might. Uh, some of you maybe not wouldn't own your house. I don't know. But it didn't have to be like that. It, didn't, it could have been anybody. The key is to step out. Launch out. Who knows what could happen? Not like the four lepers that I spoke about yesterday. They said, man, if we stay here in 2 Kings, we're going to die. If we go over there, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Every guy's going to die. So let's go check out over there the capital of the Philistines. What happens when they went? <clears throat> God made a noise. God does. God, God does it. God, Ed Bullock is right. God does it. But we got to do our part. Uh, the four lepers, you know, here they come. Uh, and that turned into, they thought it was a whole army, the Philistines. And they got all scared. Fear. Devil's tactic. Uh, and they dropped everything they took. Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, and everything there was theirs. Uh, blessings. But if they had never launched out, they would have never had that. Uh, launch out. Test God. Try God. That's what he says that in the word. Test me. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven. But a lot of us are, well, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. I don't want to get here myself. Hallelujah. Uh, but as a church, See, this is a world-impacting kind of a congregation. And we need to understand that. Uh, it affects and influences not only people here, but all over the place this church does. Don't, please don't forget that. I know many of you know that because you've traveled. You've gone places. But this, this church impacts the world. And we're getting ready to go to South Africa. And I haven't forgot about Russia. Nope. Nope, I haven't forgot about that. Uh, so this is the kind of congregation that you belong to. Still, there are a good number of things that we've yet to obtain and attain and that we haven't taken yet. Those of you, my friend, that have, you know, that have been given your, your, your time and your talent and your treasures, especially regarding the pledges towards getting this new building, you're helping us in taking our Ramath Gilead. That's the pillar of what you're doing. Those of you that are involved in the pledging and tithing and giving, that's a Ramath Gilead kind of a move. Because we're going to be able to knock down these walls soon and very soon. Ah, that's, that's a pillar move. I would love to see more names out there. Put up pillars, 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 pillars. All those things are pillars. Ah, that are helping uphold this church. See, church, and please understand this. Jesus, who believes in us, says that the church is to be a church without spot or without what? Blemish or wrinkle. Uh, that's what he says in, in the book of Revelations. A church without spot or without wrinkle. Now, ladies, listen to me, ladies. What are wrinkles a sign of? Okay, 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 okay. You know what I'm talking about. And you young girls, don't worry. Someday you'll get there. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, I remember when I used to look pretty good. Uh, but, you know, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Uh, but there's more of her. Hey, you know, it's like I always tell people, and you, you know, you've heard what I'm just about to say. But my, my, my kids say, my dad's weight has gone down. It's gone from his chest to his belly. Hallelujah. Uh, that, that happens. I'm sorry. Gravity starts taking place. It starts taking effect after a while. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, wrinkles are a sign of age. Just in case you didn't understand what I'm trying to say here. Thus, my friend, when a church is without spot or blemish or wrinkle, what is that a sign of? Youth. Young people. Vigor. Vibrant. The gang. I mean, I, I, I love it whenever they mention the gang here. Usually everybody claps. I mean, there's just a, two or three of them. Uh, the gang. That's nothing wrong with it. That's good. Uh, the gang. The youth. Yeah. That's a sign of youth. Uh, but he says the church. I don't care how, what age you are. It's supposed to be without spot or wrinkle. It doesn't matter if your age. We're supposed to be like that. 
I mean, here at the retreat, my son was over there dancing, and other people were dancing, and I was dancing. I, I don't remember. I'm young. See any wrinkles in me? Better say no. Hallelujah. Uh, see, Jesus is believing for us to remain youthful in our exploits. That's what I'm trying to get at. Our church can always remain youthful, vibrant. Irregardless of a church's years of age, it should remain vibrant, daring, and adventurous. That's, that's why I'm always doing what I'm doing to you, because Sonny does it to me. Sonny does it to all of us. Uh, he's, he's always saying, come on, we can do more. He's like, wow. He's always pushing us on. Remaining youthful, youth-oriented. See, may Victory Outreach Haywood continually be that kind of a church without wrinkle, daring, adventurous. Henry Ford said, they asked him to go to church. And he said these words, he says, if you're going to take me to church, take me to a church that's going to be challenging me. It's going to challenge me. This guy was, was an inventor. He was no Johnny come lately. Uh, he says, don't take me to a mediocre little church. Where, Bringing in the cheese. <sighs> Men like that can't, you know. They, they, <sighs> we, we need scriptures, you know, that are going to, you know, stretch us, stretch us and stretch us again. Get those wrinkles out. Hallelujah. So you get rid of wrinkles, you stretch. Right, ladies? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we need to be a church where there's always opportunity. And we're taking advantage of A church, like Pastor Sonny says, without no roof. Uh, a church without a what? Come on, stay with me now. You're back in that other dumb joke I said. I'm entitled to one dumb joke a sermon. Come on, I said it. Uh, <laughs> but again, you belong to a church that doesn't have no roof on it. We're going to always build and build and do. And st that's, that's par for the course. You, you think we're challenging you here? Wait till the young people, the gang starts taking over. My God. Uh, their veins still pop out when they preach. Uh, you ever see Timothy Agazzoni? We were talking about Timothy. How does he do it? He got a weird preaching soon. Because uh, he's serious. Uh, okay, let's go on. See, we need to ask ourselves this. What would our world lose and lose out on if our church ceased to exist? That's a very, very, you know, commentary kind of a question. What would it miss? What would it lose if our church sees it, this one? It would lose a lot. It would lose a whole lot. I'll tell you something. I'm t the people in Manila would cry because they love you. They never even seen most of you, but they, they, they heard about you. I've said it before. I've, I go over there and, I, and I'm trying to think of some of your names like this, and I, I explain it, I, I, I describe you, and they know your name. <laughs> Keith knows. They know your name, some of you. I said, yeah, that's him, the short guy. Uh, don't look over there. I didn't mean him. When I say that, all of them take it personal in Manila because they think I'm talking about them. They're all short. Uh, now, <laughs> why is it that we often miss out on gaining and taking these priceless opportunities? Why are there so many Ramoth and Gileads still laying waste? Just sitting there ready for the taking. Well, one of the key reasons, my friend, is due to lack of self-esteem on our part. We belittle ourselves that, uh, whatever. No, whatever, nada. Uh, you know that, and you know what I'm about to tell you is good, true right now. Anybody here could someday be president of the United States? <laughs> Now you know for sure now. Uh, but that's just secular. Who knows what God could do with you from here on in? God has his hand upon this congregation, this ministry, any, any Christian he has his hand upon. The sky's the limit for, for, for your life. Now you, you could be somebody big in Christianity. And you need to understand that. Bite your teeth into that thing. See, we're too content sometimes to remain where we are and as we are. We handicap ourselves 
by a sense of inferiority and by looking with contempt at ourselves. And by doing that, we sabotage our opportunities. Don't believe your probation officer. I just told you the God of this universe believes in you. And husband, sometimes don't believe your wife either. You'll never amount to my hell of beans. Then don't only get corn and, white and wheat bread, but get her some beans. Ah. Because sometimes, hey, sometimes ladies, when, when ladies are mad, I, I'm sorry ladies, but I know how some of you can get. You know, because you, wanna, you just want to, guys, you're going to need a whole lot of faith you're going to be married. Ah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the enemy's Bible says are from within. Uh, and you're going to have to be like, you know what? No, no, no. God believes in me. Woman! Ah. Read the Bible. No, no, I'm just kidding. That, 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 that's the second bad joke I did. All right. I'm entitled to two now. I'm changing things over here. Uh, but sometimes our lack of faith, even in ourselves, sabotage our opportunities. We think we ain't nothing. You are somebody. You're a child of God. The sky's the limit. There's no roof in this church. You can be something big and bad for God. Remeth Gilead still is not taken a lot of your lives. Ah, due to lack of value on the spiritual things. We become like Esau and the prodigal son, who both... Uh, some more in the secular than in the spiritual. They settled for beans and corn husks. Uh, when they could have had, you know, they, they, they could have had a party that the father had for them. Uh, the prodigal, even the, the eldest son, he missed out. Yes, the prodigal son missed out for a while, but he got back right with God. And he was in there having a party. And the oldest son, the Christian that's been saved a while, uh, he comes home and He'd been out in the field working all day. You think a person like that gets hungry? And there's a big old feast ready for him. His for the taking. But pride gets in the way. Uh, he could smell the, uh, all the food. They were having a feast and he was hungry. He was all get up. But he was too proud. No. And there it was for the taking. Sometimes pride will get in your way of obtaining what God has given to you. Ah, oh, I've been in the church a while. Ah, oh, I have arrived. And there's going to be some prodigal sons come in here. They're going to just pass you right up. They're going to go right into the meal and they're going to enjoy themselves and obtain all that God has for them. And you're going to be mad. Ah, <laughs> oh, the food's for you too. Even old Christians get hungry. I know, but I eat. I eat. I, I ain't too proud to eat. No way, man. Uh, and, 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 and in my own personal life, I mean, you know, I've had guys, uh, Mitch Peterson was an elder, and he's going to be hopefully be me preaching here many, many, many years before me, and I led him to the Lord. But I didn't care. I still ate. I'm going to eat. He ate and I ate. I'm not too proud to not get what's mine. Uh, I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to get mine. Ah. Uh, and we're going to get ours. We're going to get it together. Oh. Are you with me? We need to understand that. But pride sometimes gets in our ways. Oh. Then the fourth and the final thing. Why? Well, this I close. Why we more often than not don't obtain and, and claim what is ours. is due to the lack of guts and gallantry and grit. Faith. You think you ain't got the guts. You ain't got the courage no more. And some of you wouldn't buy down to a freight train in the world, but now all of a sudden, wow. Uh, we fail to claim and obtain our rightful inheritance because we fail to use hardcore biblical faith. A number of people, they never reach their full potential because they, like Esau, who settled for a pot of beans in the prodigal son, they choose the easy road rather than the hard road. Uh, 
Man, remember the ten spies that went out with Moses? We all, you know, all of them were, were, were offered the promised land, but only two got it. Uh, and they, they all wanted the promised land until they saw the giants. Man, we're like grasshoppers. What a mentality. We can't have that. We can own this whole block. We, we could. We could purchase all this stuff over here. Ah. Now we can't make the train move. <laughs> but we could do all kinds of stuff here. Ah. But a lot of us get like, oh, I don't know. Come on, we got to think big. We need big thinkers here. That's the only way we're going to get to the next level. Ah. I can see all this stuff happening now. And it's going to happen. Sooner than later, I hope. Hallelujah. But it's going to happen. See, what happened with the ten spies was they wanted the promised land, but when they saw the price, they didn't want to pay it. It was too high for them. What's your price tag? Uh, well, I already pledged once, twice, three times a Christian, and I love you. Hallelujah. Uh, because that's what it's going to take. Uh, to, to not, but we could do it. It's in the house. We can do it. I'm telling you, we can do it. And we'll have something to, to be able to, uh, to hold our chest up and say, look, look what God did through, through his humble people, his humble servants. Uh, and really mean it. It can happen. We can have the guys do car washes 24 hours a day. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. It's rainy season right now. <laughs> Wait till summer. So now I got to leave before summer. Hallelujah. But some of these spies, they didn't want no bloodshed. They didn't want to pay the price. See, people, the minute in the moment we shrink back from doing and obtaining all that we can, we lose. We lose. And even an Ahab, the worldly Jezebel's husband, was able to see that. Uh, I mean, I could, I could cook you up the best pancakes you've ever done tasted, and I could do that. With sausage. That's what we had at the retreat, huh? But I'll throw in some real eggs. You want some grits? I can't cook that. You'll probably leave the church well. Uh, but I could, But if you don't come and eat it and claim it. It'll be left uh, unclaimed, wasted. It'll go for waste. And there's a lot of blessings out there that have been wasted, left unclaimed, because nobody was willing to branch out in faith and take it. The girl's home needs a home. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Like I said this morning, I've, I cannot remember the last time God never came through. All it is is he's got to come through again. I, he's able to do that. Because why? Because I believe he wants to do that. He doesn't want to leave them. It's the rainy season. Ah, doing car washes. Man, and we need to understand that. All these things are there for the taking. Are we willing to take it? Uh, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Even the Word of God is valuable. A lot of people don't take the opportunity to read it. Understand what I just said. Don't, don't let me lose you right now, even though I've had you bow your heads and close your eyes already. But the Word of God is a great gold mine, powerful treasure. But it lays there collecting dust because it's a Ramoth Gilead. We don't take advantage of study God's Word. Listen, when you shoot for nothing, You'll hit it every time. You'll hit it every time. Develop some good goals. Shoot for them. Go for them. Some of you that are younger, college. Go for the best. Get a good education. Because you already have the opportunity to obtain great spiritual blessings. But utilize the genius of the end. 
obtain great spiritual blessings and a good education. Get them both. Get them both. You have that opportunity. Just redeem the time. There goes the train. We can't stop that. But other things we can. We can. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, before I open it up for prayer, I thank you for bringing us to this wonderful city to see lives change. And there's many, many thousands more to go. And I know that. I understand that. I thank you, Lord God, for the faith that has been received from this pulpit and lives and families that have been brought back together. And again, there's plenty and many more yet to go. But Lord, may that tribe increase. May others begin to obtain their own places, their own cars, their own jobs, their own businesses, their own houses, owners with deeds and mortgages. Then also us as a church, that everything would be used for your honor and glory, good stewards of what you have entrusted us with. We thank you for this building, acquiring it. Truly, every night there's something happening here. We pray for next door. Touch right now the heart of the owners. Like irrigation ditches, oh God, move their minds the way you want it to be done. It's your will, Lord God, that we obtain it, we claim it in your name, Lord, into the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For the furtherance of your gospel. won't do this once again to high sign but to be a sign that would point to you like John the Baptist like King David a bigger sign pointing to you Jesus move upon the hearts of those that are here so every head is still bowed every eye closed